1: With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell.
0: Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith with a cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. Live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, you may or you may not be aware that there is a war raging all around us. And it's not a war of guns and missiles and bombs. However, in the end, it may prove to be just as deadly. It's not a war over land and territories, but it's a war to capture and influence the hearts and minds of our society. It is a cultural war. So tonight we bring you part seven B in our series, discussing 10 cultural and current issues that affect us as individuals, that affect our families, our churches, our communities and our world at large. These cultural and current issues not only affect us but can lead us in the wrong direction away from God and away from our fellow man. The real issue is how do we respond to these 10 cultural and current issues from a biblical and and an apologetic perspective? Well, to the answer to this and much, much more, stay tuned for we are not pretending, but contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight?
2: Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed. Thank you so much for that uplifting and challenging introduction. And for always letting the Lord use you in a mighty way to get uh, the introduction across to uh, the people of God. We appreciate you. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And we know you're going to be blessed and challenged by our program tonight. So we want to encourage you to get pen, papers, and your Bible and get to a table where you can take down some good notes regarding this spiritual meat. We don't deal with bones. We deal with meat, Uh, sirloin, spiritual steaks, and the Lord. That's what we deal with. Now, uh, we have been doing this series for quite a while, and uh, we come to part uh, 7B, and we are uh, thinking about and teaching Uh, about the importance of uh, us in this world today, not uh, being woke up, but awaken up. That's what the Apostle Paul talks about in Romans uh, 13 and verse 11. And uh, we're going to talk about the cancel culture uh, tonight and continue that, uh, getting into these points to finish this up. But before we get started with that, Uh, I want to uh, call your attention to an important scripture in the Bible. And if you look in your Bibles with me, uh, because we're a Bible ministry, uh, this is not about Buckner, but Bible. And we want to call your attention to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And I want to read in your hearing uh, verses 4 and 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 4 and 5. It says, uh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I want you to take note of the word strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and edification and exhortation of his holy word. Now, I want to just meddle a little bit with this word uh, stronghold, because in our world today, uh, as we look at the council culture and uh, critical race theory, and we look at all of the things that we're being attacked by, transgender stuff, and all of these things, and cults and false religions. Uh, these are strongholds that is happening uh, in our world today, and we need to understand that uh, it is a spiritual warfare, and uh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We got to put on the full armor of God and get into the spiritual realm and dealing with uh, the, the these signs of darkness. Now, the Apostle Paul, let me say this by way of introduction, the Apostle Paul, when it comes to spiritual warfare in second Corinthians chapter two uh, chapter ten, rather uh second Corinthians chapter ten uh he is not thinking like the way most of us have been wrongly trained in our churches about spiritual warfare in the individual sense. Now I emphasize the word individual sense but how he is trying to fulfill the great commission in getting people saved, to get them into the kingdom of God by pulling down strongholds in their lives. Now, how often do we hear it preached like that? In the Apostle Paul's day, a part of the current cultural uh, entrapment was false gods and false religions and pagan idols that they worshiped apart from the God of the Bible. In our day, the strongholds that we face in our current culture day is uh, communism, Marxism, socialism, critical race theory, transgender issues, and, and a lot of the social structures of philosophies that is opposed to the God of the Bible. Question, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, when the Apostle Paul talks about the weapons that what does that mean when he talks about the weapons because these are spiritual assaults every day against us trying to do the will of god now the weapons are two major things make a note of this the weapons are two major things and i think if we understand this we'll become more powerful in the spiritual warfare the weapons are two major things. Number one, the first major thing and pulling down the strongholds is prayer. You know, it talks about in Ephesians 6 and 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication of all the saints. And then number two, the second major weapon is the word of god you remember in matthew chapter 4 and luke 4 jesus said it is written it is written he rebuked the enemy through the power of the word of god and he said man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of god also the current cultural stronghold relates to our education system and a lot of corruption is going on in the education system and the uh, the school unions and the media, and the current cultural ideas opposing itself against God as word, influencing people's thinking in an ungodly, uh, wrong way that even becomes demonic in their thinking. Now, this is the strongholds that we're dealing with, and this, and God has given us the power to pull down those strongholds, and there needs to be a revival. Uh, pulling down those strongholds with parents going up against the things, the corruption in our schools and the school system and educational system. And that we as Christians bringing down those strongholds when it comes to media corruption and political corruption, religious corruption, you know, this becomes a spiritual warfare that is strong and radical, cultural uh, current issue. Now, Jesus has called us as Christians to develop a Christian radical boldness alternative society to not love the world nor the lust of the flesh and not to be controlled by the God of this world who is Satan, but to be controlled by the spirit in love and to overtake. Now notice who I said overtake, you know, the stronghold, because God says through John, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So he wants us to overtake the stronghold thinking and to overtake that dominant cultural thinking that is demonic, uh, that what the Apostle Paul is alluding to. Now we think about this again, we try to say this is individual, right? Even though sometimes it's an individual warfare, but Paul is thinking on a broader level, talking about his surroundings and people being entrapped by the enemy. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5, the pulling down of the strongholds. and verse 5, casting down imagination. See, that's the demonic thinking. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And you know, my friend, if you're not living in obedience to the thoughts of Christ, you got to question your salvation. Now, a lot of preachers and pastors, uh, and many others who are in the evangelical world, has taught on this wrongly by saying this refers to people individual, but it's referring to the bringing uh, down of the strongholds and corrupt thinking collectively on a broader scale who has been deceived by strongholds of the enemy, Satan, in their lives, and they are not even aware of the strongholds upon them. A lot of people are got these strongholds in their life in the world, and a lot of them got it in their lives in the churches. The strongholds is about uh, as uh, dealing with us bringing people to the point where they are truly born again, and they come under the lordship, ceasing territory that is a part of the satanic kingdom, and bringing them over from that into the kingdom of Christ as king and lord of their life, bringing them into the place of confession of their sins, repentance of their sins, and discipling them and re-educating their wrong thinking, their satanic thinking, in terms of the strongholds in their life. Because people got, look at, notice these three. They're demonically influenced by the toehold, number one, foothold, number two, and stronghold of the enemy. And it's hard for people to get released from that, but they can by the power of God. And we need to get people, once they re, they come into confession and repentance, we need to bring them into the kingdom of God. When people have been in warfare, they need to, realize that only through the power of Christ can they overcome the enemy and the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, with the doubts and the fears of warfare when uh, one is on the battlefield. So we need to claim uh, this territory that the enemy has taken over and God has given us power to pull it down. Those territories that the enemy has uh, uh, attacked and controlling And when we do, Satan doesn't like it because there's a war between the kingdom of God, two kingdoms, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. And when people are starting to be made free from the territory, kingdom of Satan, you know, and Jesus starts to evade it, invade it, Satan's kingdom, and bringing people into God's kingdom and to start living under Jesus' kingdom as king and Lord, and they begin to get discipled, Satan really gets upset when he loses people to his demonic kingdom and his attack. So let me say this in closing. Uh, I said, I, I gave you last time, uh, talked about seven vital points about uh, cancer, cancel culture. And let me say this. Uh, we talked about number six. The Bible teaches that no one is beyond God's hope and forgiveness because of the cross. And, uh, you know, and then number seven. And lastly, uh, cancel culture is incompatible with the Bible's view and understanding of sin, redemption, and restoration. And so it denies the possibility of grace, mercy, forgiveness, and redemption and restoration, restoring a brother, sister but immediately excommunicating anyone who disagrees with their political views. They also reject God's role as judge, jury, and redeemer, restorer, and reconciliator. Now, we want to close on this note. Uh, We need to claim back the territory that belongs to God in the power of Jesus through prayer and the word of God So people get get set free, made free, and this is bringing people into reconciliation rather than cancellation. People today are being demonically controlled by cancellation, not reconciliation, and redemption. So we need to take advantage of the power of God. God has given us power, and Satan fears the name of Jesus. He fears the power of God. He fears the word of God. He fears, you know, us being controlled by this. And so greater is he that is in us than he is in the world. So claim that. Stand on that. So people that's in the territory of Satan will be made free, you know, made free from that. And they're brought into the territory of God and his kingdom. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches brother gary
0: all right it's time for us to take that commercial break our phone lines are open so don't be shy we'll be right back with more of contending for the faith
1: You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the Spirit of the Bay.
0: All right. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Butler. And so, you know, we've been on the air for 20 plus years now, and we just can't uh, imagine uh, doing this without your prayers. It's just been an incredible journey for Dr. Buckner, myself, and our team, and we always marvel at the way God uses you uh, to partner with us in prayer for this vital ministry. We know your prayers are going up and God is hearing them, so we thank you so much for your prayers, and we also thank you for your financial support, because this is a listener-supported ministry, and without that uh, regular giving, we wouldn't be on the air. So we're thankful <clears throat> for your giving. We're thankful for your prayers. And uh, right now we are current, but you know we're getting kind of lean. And so we're concerned that uh, you know we have so much going on in our world today. And school has just started back, and people are trying to get in the groove. And there's uh, a lot of distractions with our economy. And we just we just want to encourage you. Uh, don't forget you're giving. Don't forget ministries like Contending for the Faith, because it is vital, uh, especially series like the one we're in, dealing with cancel culture, dealing with these current issues. And, you know, it's it's a, an amazing thing to be able to tune in and get biblical answers for what's going on in our culture. And that's just a, an amazing, amazing blessing that uh, uh, Dr. Buckner is here and and he is able to utilize the 30 plus years of training that God has given him to be sensitive to the issues in our culture today and to provide answers, reasons and answers, and be able to communicate that in such a way that you can also learn, grow, and also give the same answers. And to be part of that is a blessing to to be a partner In that is a blessing. So we want to encourage you. Now's the time to give. Now's the time to donate. There's two ways that you can do this. And we want to encourage you, you know, write us a letter, include a donation. We we want to hear from you. Uh, You can drop us a note uh, and and include a donation. Send it to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California. That's T-I-B-U-R-O-N. California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. second way is a lot easier. You can go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the Donate. button. both ways are great. So we want to encourage you, keep the prayers coming, and be consistent in your giving as well. Because that giving is going to make a difference also in time and eternity. That's a, those, are, those are money sent ahead of you into, into heaven where God is using, uh, storing up a blessing for you. And we want to encourage you that one day you'll stand before him and he's going to say, hey, turn around and take a look. And you'll notice a vast multitude of people. You'll ask the Lord, who are these people? And he will say, these are the folks that made it into the kingdom of God because of your giving, because of your faithfulness, they heard the word of God and responded and they're here today and with us in eternity. So we want to encourage you stay, stay prayerful and stay generous. Dr. Buckner, you ready for the phone lines?
2: Yes. And I just want to add one more thing to what you're saying, Brother Gary. Appreciate that, that uh, we again, appreciate all that you uh, everybody's been doing to pray for us and to give. We have uh, <clears throat> know that it's a challenging time for everybody with the COVID hitting people, transitioning with their jobs and so much, so many people going through. Uh, but um, you know, God has blessed us in so many ways uh, that uh, we need to be faithful in praying for this ministry and others and giving. And I just want to say, when you get exposed to a lot of knowledge, much knowledge, a lot of knowledge, which we bring on this program, you know, Jesus said, well, much is given, much is required. So you can't just soak up all this good wisdom and knowledge and then not uh, give you know, appreciation uh, back to it. So I want to challenge everybody because when you stand before God, he's going to say to many of you, you know, you got exposed to so much great knowledge and you hardly ever gave. So I'm going to challenge people to repent on that and really, uh, surrender, uh, you know, the time, talent, and treasures, you know, because Jesus said lay up, not for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust and thieves break in, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. So if you get much, knowledge, you need to you better take advantage of of being faithful to your giving uh, much as well. So uh, what you can. All right, brother Gary, let's get to uh, our uh, callers.
0: All right, we have Jermaine on line one.
2: Brother Jermaine, how you doing?
0: Oh, I'm doing very well.
2: Oh, good. Good to hear your voice, brother. And uh, we trust that you got blessed by the uh, message tonight.
1: Yes, I did. Very much so.
2: All right. That's good. That's good. What stood out for you before we get to your question? Um,
1: we, You know, just uh, the fact that you're uh, continue, I mean, it always stands out, but um, the issues of our time, the cancel culture, the, the trans issue, the confusion going on, um, ultimately we need to just get back into the book. That's the only thing that's been consistent, and I, I really appreciate you touching on it because – I know a lot of ministries won't even touch this subject. <laughs> they, they're too afraid of uh, losing people or, or quote-unquote, offending people or more than likely losing money. So, yeah, it, it all it hit home on a lot of points.
2: Well, thank you so much, Jermaine, because what you're saying is so true. And we have had people call us, say the same thing that you're saying, and also have emailed us and said, we thank you. Uh, thank the Lord for your ministry because, and there's a lot of churches and ministries, even over the radio, that's not touching on this at all. So we appreciate his confirmation of what you're saying. And what's on your heart tonight? You have a question?
1: Yeah, just um I was having a, a polite debate with my uh cousin in law, my, my uh cousin's husband, and he has a good heart and all, but he uh I don't think he's been properly discipled and his particular view when it comes to spiritual gifts, is that every Christian should be speaking tongues. And if you don't speak it, maybe you might have a demon or uh, you're not fully, uh, quote-unquote, activating the Holy Ghost. And, and a bunch of stuff that I've heard growing up from charismatic family that I never believed, because as I study the Scripture, especially 1 Corinthians chapter 12, paying special attention to verse 11, it seems like the spiritual gifts are given out my God, right? Holy Spirit, as as He wills. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on that, because I find that these people will get support from these these uh, kind of strange ministries, where it's always all about deliverance, it's always about something weird. It's like a weird vibe to it, but I noticed that the stranger some of them get, not saying they're not Christians, but the stranger they get, the less biblically sound they are. And I find that the more biblically sound believers, they They just don't see it in the same light. So I just wanted to hear you break that down for us.
2: Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that, uh, Brother Jermaine. You know, uh, you're hitting on something very important. Uh, The big problem with a lot of people uh, is that uh, many of them, most Christians have not been ever discipled. And when you haven't been discipled, it opens up a Pandora's box for all the evil of the world to influence people. And that's why I, I really the great part of my ministry is discipleship, is discipling people. that like Jesus said in the Great Commission in Matthew twenty-eight, you know, disciple and he even put teaching, the word teaching uh was put before baptism. So uh but that's where we gotta get people before they get involved with uh a lot of uh, sensationalism, and they get into emotionalism, and they see some of these churches, uh, especially uh, some of the Pentecostal ones, and even Word Faith uh, ministries and uh, Pentecostal oneness. And, and there are some Pentecostal groups that are uh, solid in, in the area of what we're talking about, but many of them have gone uh, too far with this thing and saying that everybody. Got to have the same gift. When you look at First Corinthians chapter twelve, it talks about diversity of gifts. That's what the apostle Paul says. And the thing that kind of like hits some light between the eye when they generally tell you that you know uh, everybody got to speak in tongues or have the same gift. You want to take them to. You want to go a little bit further in First Corinthians chapter twelve, and you want to go down to verses 28 through, and where Paul is facing people in the church of Corinth, that's are saying the same thing, they're saying everybody should have the same gift, and so Paul addresses that, and he says, we're uh, going to go to verse uh, 28, and God has set some, now notice what he said, he has set some, not all, and that's a very important point, God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondly, uh, prophets, thirdly, teachers, after that, miracles, then the gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversity of tongues, are all apostles. So this is a negative in the Greek, because what Paul is dealing with is the same thing that you've been dealing with, and this is why you have to bring this point out. Are all apostles? There's a negative in the Greek. No. Not all are apostles, are all prophets, no, not all are prophets are all teachers, no, not all teachers are all workers of miracles, no have all the gifts of healing? no do all speak with tongues? no, do all interpret, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way, and that's in the love chapter in First uh, Corinthians chapter thirteen, the apostle Paul. So, this is summary. The the Apostle Paul puts the love chapter between the gifts, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Why does he put love in the middle? Because when people get into you got to have this gift, and if you don't have it, there's something lacking in your life, or you're not going to have the power of God. Well, they are lacking love because. Paul says, I'm gonna give you a higher gift. And that gift is the gift of love. And he puts the the love chapter in the middle so that people will live by that. So what I would do is just what I just gave you uh, from these verses, uh, 28 and 29 and 30, verse 30, I would put that right, right in their face and say, wait a minute, the apostle Paul was an apostle and you cannot... Uh, Go above him because he's be, he's filled with the spirit. He's an apostle, and he simply says, "Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret?" It's a negative in the Greek meaning that they don't all, because not everybody had the same gift, and that's why it says in First Corinthians chapter twelve. I would emphasize also uh, there's differences. See, Paul talks about differences in verse five, and he talks about diversities in verse four. And, you know, he gets into all of these different uh, gifts uh, that the Lord has given us. And I do believe in the perpetuity of spiritual gifts, but I just want to make it clear that, you know, there are some people that on the other side, you know, there's a problem on both sides. There are some people who are silent on the gifts that don't believe in them, you know, Uh, then there's others who do believe in it. And they, it's kind of like a threesome. There's some people who believe in the spiritual gifts and they operate like the way I do and they balance it out on a biblical basis. Then there's others who are extreme and say what you're dealing with. And then there's others who are extreme where in, in a lot of our evangelical churches where they don't even believe in the perpetuity of the spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. So that's a problem. Somebody got to come in the middle and what I try to do is come right in the middle uh, with this, so hopefully that that helps you out, brother. And I know we're at a almost at a commercial break, but hopefully that that helps to kind of give you some insight.
1: Yeah, it helps me a lot. And um, I'm going to go ahead and read those verses, but they they're crystal clear. And I'll have a part two for you next week, Lord willing. But I I will say the major problem is when people isog versus exog because they always assume that question is no or is yes that everyone. You know, should do this and that, but it's pretty clear from
2: Scripture we'll, we'll go ahead and pick it up next week. That's right. It's definitely Paul is saying, wait a minute, stop that trying to force everybody to have the same gift. It's, you just can't get around it. Well, God bless you, brother. Thank you for your call and your good question as well. Brother Gary.
0: Well, all right. It looks like we are at that point where we need to take that commercial break. Our phone lines are open. We'll be right back with more of contending for the faith.
1: You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX,
0: the Spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith. Uh, you know, it's it's an amazing time uh, on the air tonight. We're so excited to be able to proclaim the Word of God, and we believe God has called us to this ministry. We're excited about being on the air tonight, and we're really excited about the possibilities of entertaining your questions and your comments. Also, we want to encourage you to continue to pray for this ministry. And it is so vitally important. Your prayers are doing an amazing work in our lives, and we can't thank you enough. And also, we want to encourage you tonight to continue to give. Uh, so vital right now, as uh, Dr. Buckner mentioned earlier. We want to encourage you, especially. We understand there's been so much, so many challenges that people are facing with our economy, with uh, COVID and all the other uh, challenges going on in our lives that sometimes it's just difficult to prioritize. It's difficult to remember all the things we need to support. We want to encourage you tonight that you, that uh, we need your support when it comes to prayer and especially right now through your giving. We want to encourage you because we're getting close to that space again where we're needing to uh, send up a spiritual flare. And we don't want to get to that place. We want to stay where we are and, and make sure that the, the broadcast is being paid for on a regular basis. But we, we really need you to step up right now and to, to donate. There's two ways that you can give. You can send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, PO Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553. Tiburon, California, that's T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. Click on the Donate button, and boom, you're blessing for time and eternity. It's that simple. So we want to encourage you tonight. Continue to pray and continue to partner with us through your giving. All right, Dr. Buckner, ready for the next call?
2: Let's do that, brother
0: Gary. All right, we have Sister Sophia on
2: mine too. Hi, Sister Sophia. How are you doing?
3: Well, I'm I'm wonderful, and always because of where I am right now on the phone with you. And I'm I'm going to shift a little bit. I have a question, but I'm being led right now to make a comment because I want to speak to people out there, um, wonderful, wonderful um, fellow Christians listening might be a little shy or whatever i remember what it was like for me and i just want to tell you i view this ministry when i am listening and talking and listening to the callers the callers add so much because they'll ask a question like germaine just did and then to hear your brilliance dr buckner and brother gary and so it it really enriches the whole evening so we really want to hear what you have to say and let me tell you if you're new to us and when I say us, I mean the contending for the faith family. Um, that you'll, you'll be, uh, you know, Dr. Buckner and, and Brother Gary, they are so knowledgeable, but they'll hold you in their hands in such a gentle, loving way, like a little bird. So you'll be, you'll be safe. And I feel, I feel like it's a foreshadowing of what it's going to be like just a little bit when we get to heaven. We'll be surrounded by Christians. It's such a terrible time right now. There's so much hate and anger and division, vision. But when I uh, spend this time with you um, and, and the other listeners, it's just a wonderful feeling to be with people who are really seeking God, seeking the Lord, seeking the Word, which you deliver so beautifully, Dr. Buckner. So I just wanted to say that. And, um, it, it, you know, it's right from my heart that I wanted to say, I hope this is okay to say. May I say something else?
2: Well, thank you so much. We always have- appreciate your encouraging words, and I know that it blesses not only us, but it blesses those who are listening. Yeah, what else is on your heart?
3: Well, I, uh, if I have time, I'll get to my question, if not. But there's one other thing. Now, you may not like me to say this, Dr. Buckner, but I'm going to speak from my heart. Now, when I was growing up, my grandmother used to—I grew up in Moscow, and she used to—she kept an emergency fund— a little, I don't know, whatever she had, the $100 bill, $200. In those days, people would take the soles out of their shoes and their inner soles and then put the emergency money in, and then they put the sole back in the shoe. That was the old-school way of doing it, just emergency thing. So I know I will be doing this tonight. Maybe if people can reach into that little emergency place, I don't. I'm not going to be... Reveal where I keep mine it 's not in my shoes by the way, but i'm just saying that that because it really is to me it, 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 it's it's family but it's it's our future family it's eternity and so when I think of it that way and tonight it's just the the Holy Spirit came upon me, and I know I will be writing a check and it's really it, it's so it, there's nothing more. Important in our eternal life with our, with our fellow Christians, and and all these other things fade away, and and the world we know is 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 full of all kinds of temptations and corruption, but it's all really kind of just it, it's what's the word? It's, it's 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 fleeting. It's fleeting. There's nothing real. But for eternal, it's so I I just want to say that because I I will. I hope I could maybe other people take a little of the lead i 'm not putting pressure i 'm in no position, but I just can tell you how it's saved me and changed my life and and we love to and when people call in and dr. Buckman and brother gary it's it 's the anointed Word of God that you will get there 's nothing else, nothing else it 's straight, even when we talk about the times are going on the the challenges we face in the world it 's still the Word of God that is first and foremost. And that's the beauty of it because you can blend the two and it makes us be able to survive the world while we're here. So I just want to say that.
2: Well, thank you so much for saying that. And that's a really good point because uh, mostly everybody have an emergency fund. Uh, It's a great point. And most of the time we use the emergency funds for uh, physical things. Mm -hmm. And then to use it for uh, kingdom business and kingdom building is one of the greatest things we can do because that's why Jesus said lay up not for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust and thieves break in, to lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. So we, we appreciate you bringing out that, and I know somebody's going to get touched by it and get blessed. And So we, what's, what's the question on your heart tonight?
3: Well, I tell you, it's kind of a follow-up, really. Um, you It was so fabulous last week because you had the time, and it was such a thrill for me. I was like, uh, this whole sermon, and it was so f- magnificent on, um, you know, there's only one God who ever came as man, who walked on this earth. It's so phenomenal to me. But the two questions, when Jesus, there's confusion in my mind, well, then I get to the first question first, you know, like you were talking about the power of God, so because there are so many cults and different religions who think they can become god you know and you went over that so beautifully last week so a friend of mine said she said well you know sophia um you talk about you have the power of god so that really is the same as as um, mormonism because you're you're basically if you have the power of god that means you're becoming god so there's no no difference between she's a mormon no difference and I want you to clarify that because we have the power of God in us, that does not mean we're God. Absolutely. We don't, we don't have the, you know what I'm saying. I'll leave it to you.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. The The only way that we could be sinning and talking about the power of God, and mm-hmm. we need to make this very clear, is when we say that we are omnipotent, um, um, Omnipotent, rather. Omnipotent, which means all-powerful, right? So we use power in the sense of omnipotence, and that's the uh, word for all-powerful. So, and or we use the word omniscience. That means all-wise. Uh, when we, if we say and use those terms regarding ourselves and say, I'm omnipotent, I'm omniscient, then that's when we're crossing over the line and saying that we're God. But when we use the word dunamis and exousia, uh, which is uh, uh, exousia, is a word that, uh, and it's spelled e x o s i a, exousia, and that's a Greek word that's referring to uh, authority for power. Uh, you know, that's John one, John chapter one, verse twelve. And then when you use the word dunamis, and that's another uh Greek word, uh dunamis, you're you're talking about uh, power from Acts one and eight, when the Holy Spirit shall come upon you, you shall receive power. So the Holy Spirit gives us power and uh to uh be not only bold for Christ, but he gives us power to be able to uh, touch a uh, sinful, powerful world controlled by Satan, you can't overcome the power of Satan that's so powerful. It's it's more powerful than us. So what God does through the power of the Holy Spirit, he gives us power by anointing us, appointing us, and approving us. And He that power comes upon us, and it gives us supernatural power in Christ to be able to touch the world for Christ and see them brought to him. So if we talk about power from those two perspectives, we're talking about what God has given us, you know, he's given us these things. But if you talk about power, somebody's talking about power from omnipotence, or omniscience, or omnipresent, being everywhere, or somebody talking about immutability, unchangeable, then you know that they are trying to say that they're God. So we have to, when we talk to people, when you talk to people, you have to tell them that, Sophia, you have to say, let me make a clarification with this, is that I'm talking about power from the biblical perspective of, of uh, John 1, uh, chapter 1 and verse 12, and Acts 1 and 8, and it mentions power there, it says God has given us that. But you bring it over to the other perspective and say, if you're communicating to me, about being omnipotent or being uh, omniscient, which is all wise, mm-hmm. then that's when people claiming to be God. So I think you have to make that clarification. And when you do that, uh, you're on uh, equal ground there uh, with communicating the balanced truth of power. So uh, I think that's very important for us to say.
3: So oh, hopefully well, that,
2: that that helps out.
3: No, that was wonderful, very clear because it's a terrible mistake and people will say, "Oh well, you know," and and really that none of us can be God, and so you know, and so it's a very. I'm happy you clarified for me because I didn't know how to answer them. They say, "Well, you say you have the power of God. Christ is in you. That's very different than becoming Christ."
2: That's I mean, right. You got Christ. the power of. You got the power of Christ. The Bible talks about the power of Christ being in us, mm-hmm. but and and upon us. But when somebody says, "I'm all powerful." you know, that's when you know that they're claiming to be God. So communicate that back with them and then let us know how they turn out.
3: Oh, well, thank you so much. And God bless you both.
2: God bless you too. Thank you for always your good words of encouragement as well as uh, your questions as well. God bless you. Thank you.
3: Goodbye.
0: Bye. All right, Brother Gary. All right. So those are the callers. We do have a question that was... Texted in through, um, I believe, someone you know by the name of Megan. She had a question regarding Romans 6, chapter 6, 6 verses 7 and 8. And why does the temptation to to sin still exist? That's a good
2: question. Why does the temptation to sin still exist, especially when in Romans chapter uh, 6 talks about how we've died to sin? When it talks about we died to sin, you you put together with that uh, Galatians 2 and 20, where Paul talks about, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself uh, for me. So when we are in Christ and we receive a new nature, we receive a new nature um, that uh, helps us to be have a heart and a mind after Christ. So what happens is when you get the new nature, uh, even though you've died to sin in the sense that your body has been crucified, and we have to crucify it, the eyes, the ears, the mouth, the tongue, everything like that every day, you have to always remember that we also still have an old nature that we inherited from the first Adam. So the first Adam, we inherited his nature, which is a degenerate uh, uh, nature. And then we inherit a regenerated nature from Christ. So we got these two natures in us. That's why Paul says in Romans uh, 7, every time I try to do good, evil is present with me. The thing I hate, that's what I do. And he cries out and says, oh, wretched man that I am. So, you know, we're battling, even though the body has been crucified with Christ, we still have to be filled with the Spirit. And when we're filled with the Spirit, because once you get into Romans 6 and Romans 7, you got to get into Romans 8 because it talks about the Spirit. And Galatians 5 and 22 says, you know, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, and one of the fruit is self-control. So it's the Holy Spirit empowers the uh, the, uh, old nature, new nature, especially the new nature, to be uh, powerful against the power of sin. So hopefully that, that helps out. It's a tremendous question. And thank you, Megan, for that question, Brother Gary.
0: All right. Well, it's time uh, for us to end the broadcast. Uh, we've had another exciting time tonight. And we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience. Please keep us in your prayers until next time when we give you the opportunity to ask questions and dialogue with Dr. Buckner. Always with one purpose in mind, to equip and exhort and better enable you to contend for the faith.